Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the Book of Dad with Robert Benson. An upbeat weekly review of personal anecdotes, helpful tips, and communal chat about the ups and downs of parenting. Your host, Robert Benson, knows that being a dad is not easy. But this show is for all the dads just trying to do their best. Now, here's Robert. Hey, welcome back to the Book of Dad radio show. I'm Dr. Robert Benson. As usual, hanging out with my main man, Eddie G. How's it going, Eddie G? Good, sir. Good, good. Hey, as usual, before we get started, we're going to say thank you to Jehovah and thank him for his son, Jesus Christ, and thank him for our family's work and our ability to do the things we are able to do. Well, today on the Book of Dad radio show on the NASCAR Network, Life and Spirit Online, we have a very, very special guest with us today. Uh, straight out of Chester, we have former Mayor John Linder. We're just going to jump right in and say, hello, Mayor Linder. How are you? How are you both? Uh, doing great. Hey, we are so, so grateful and fortunate to have you on the show with us today. How, how are things going with you now? Oh, it's, it's fine. I mean, it's an honor to be asked to be on your show, and uh, I, I really uh, am excited that the at least some young men from Chester really written their wings and taking this thing national. So I appreciate the opportunity. Oh, absolutely. And, and spreading our wings. And, and it's because we've had people like yourself, uh, you know, kind of paving the way, being an example for us to emulate, to, you know, do good stuff. Huh, That's right. I mean, we, a lot of people don't understand how much positivity and, and creativity comes out of Chester. And we just want to highlight that and talk to some of the people who've had the opportunity to represent our our hometown. Oh, yeah. Chester. Straight out of Chester. I mean, and, you know, we could sit back and just laundry list some of the people. We, we might get around to that. And, uh, you know, as we as we get through the show. But we, we really want to get by with the help of our friend, former Mayor Linder. Uh, I'll share something with you all that's kind of near and dear to me. A very, very good friend of mine just the past week lost his son. Uh, due to the escalating violence in the city, in the streets of Chester, Pennsylvania. Uh, he and I graduated from high school together, and I, I, I say that the ultimate nightmare is to outlive your own children, and he has experienced that, losing his son to that violence. And we thought it pertinent or, 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 or good for us at this point to bring in someone who was uh, at the uh, forefront of that battle, Mayor Linder. Mayor Linder, talk to us a little bit about uh, the climate there and things you were dealing with. But, I mean, before we get into all that, let's talk a little bit about you. Uh, how did you come about uh, being becoming the mayor of Chester, Pennsylvania? Well, a lot of praying and a lot of blessings <laughs> from a lot of people <laughs> other than myself, man, to uh, get me through the, um, you know, the, the environment. Uh, and I'll, I'll say it this way, because dates don't bother me unless you don't pay attention to them, but uh, I was born in the 20th century, and uh, we are now in the 21st century, so I feel like that in and of itself is a blessing, but I'm saying that to say is that the climate was different in terms of values of life, of, of where you go and what you were doing and what you had to do to get there, so uh, at that 
that's been a blessing for me. And it wasn't always like this. I, you know, I'm the mayor. Mm-hmm. I'm a, in addition to that, I'm I'm a college professor. I've taught college, um, actually, uh, ten years at Northern Virginia Community College. Mm-hmm. And I came back home to Delaware County, and I taught teach, uh, taught at Delaware County Community College for 22 years before I took the mayorship. Mm-hmm. Actually, before I took the mayorship, I ran for. I ran one state Senate race. I lost that race, but I was fortunate enough to come back and win a city council seat for two years mm-hmm. as director of public safety. And then after two years, I ran for the mayor's seat, and I won that uh, election. I see. So uh, it, it's been a long road. I see. So you are originally from Chester, Pennsylvania, like like the both of us then? I grew up. Homegrown, straight <laughs> in Chester, straight out of Chester. <laughs> <laughs> Chester. Well, what, what part of the city are you from? Well, that's another story. Uh, I grew up, that's where I met your family, your dad. We grew up on what we called the hill, yeah, the fairground. Yeah, yeah fairground, that's right. That's, it, it, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really call it Chester Township till I started going to college. So mm-hmm. we were from the hill, and... Uh, I met your family along with a lot of other good families uh, in the city. And uh, then I moved to uh, the middle, what they call Middle Chester now. But at that time, it was a Dairy Queen at Ninth of the Mokin. And uh, I, we had a, a, a house there, but I hung out in the Bennett Homes. So uh, okay. I, was, I was always a project boy, uh, no matter where I went. I had cousins living in the William Penn and... I hung downtown in the Mocha Village from time to time, but I, I, our area was called A Street, and that's where the cage was. And uh, we played a lot of basketball, a lot of famous basketball players from around the country come to the cage when they came to Philadelphia to play basketball. So that's that's our kind of claim to fame. Well, that's interesting that because I heard about the cage, and uh, I know Eddie G is a, 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 a basketball player himself, pretty decent in his own right. Uh, but uh, um, yeah, those, those were the days. You know, <laughs> as, as, uh, as Mr. Linder said, it's a little different now. When we were growing up, you know, people came from all over because Chester. Of course, you know, there's a few NBA players from the city of Chester as Absolutely. well, yeah, there, and yeah. there there is a basketball history in that town and it was one of the things that really kept me on track you know growing up i mean it, there was always problems with uh crime and drugs just like any other town mm-hmm. but yes. you know there were positive things we could do growing up that would keep us out of trouble we used to go to the y downtown you had the, the that's one right. y had the swimming pool right and mm-hmm. you had the that's other right. y that's right. by chester high <laughs> yeah. you know it just we just had so many things to do. We had Boy Scouts. We had all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But that stuff is not as prevalent now. And it's it's really idle minds, idle hands. And a lot of the young people don't have those resources as, as just one of the factors. I'm not saying that's really the cause, but that's one of the factors in some of the problems. Well, you know, it's interesting. And I'll tell you one, one, I'll tell you one other thing we had along with all of that. There were plenty of mentors. Yes. And the yes. mentors, the men, especially the men, now, not a front to the women, but especially the men. There were men, male mentors in every area of town that took time with boys and, and helped us. Uh, you could see at that time, that's why I made the distinction between 20th and 21st century. At, 
the community parented you, the entire community, because those communities were more stable then. Now communities are fragmented. You don't have the consistency. So you, you don't have those men who are stepping up like they used to because a lot of the kids are moving in and out of a the neighborhood. They're only there for a year, year, two years, and they're gone. Yeah. So yeah. It's difficult. Well, you know, uh, and it's, it's interesting you mentioned it. I, I'd, I'd like to come back to what Ed was talking about, how there's a limited amount of things that are available to do. I mean, even within the school systems now, I can tell you, you know, I'm not I'm not nearly as old as, as Mayor Linder, and, but but I've been a you know Chester product myself, and I'm not a basketball player like you two were. I played football, mind you, but uh, um, I say all that to say that uh, you know when I went to Chester High School, Chester High had. Uh, auto mechanics programs they had uh, cosmetology you know you name it uh, whatever kind of curriculum there was to have it was at that school now that mm-hmm. that, that i see i mean there's is the only thing that we really are known for is basketball and perhaps track but and then there's other things in the city like I, like i say right now if you you come from philadelphia you come from the south down you the first thing you run into now is a casino and next to right. that is a prison you know so it's like, what, what is it that our young kids have to look forward to becoming these days? But we're getting ready to come up on a break. So what I would like to ask Mayor Linder to think about when we come back is, is uh, how is it, uh, what is your perspective on the limited uh, activities that are in the city of Chester and how they are impacting things right now? This is the Book of Dad Radio Show. This is Dr. Robert Benson with Eddie G hanging out with Mayor John Linder, former Mayor John Linder of Chester, Pennsylvania. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hi, this is R. Page, host of Man Answers. You're listening to Life in Spirit Online, only on the NASCA Network. Are you struggling with debt collectors? Scared to answer the phone? Order Dr. G's Man Survival Kit and learn how to stop creditors. Visit www.yglib.com or call 800-705-6840. Hey, and we're right back. NASCA Network, Life and Spirit Online. Dr. Robert Benson, Eddie G, with former mayor of Chester, Pennsylvania, John Linder. The guy kind of sounds like Barry White, but lo and behold, this guy's already a seasoned radio personality. <laughs> but when, we, <laughs> but, but when, we, when we left off, Mayor Linder, we were talking about the limited uh, or the slim pickings of activities for our Chester youth. Talk about uh, how that is impacting the way things are right now in the city. Well, it, obviously, uh, you have to have uh, some kind of corridor for children to make it from their uh, pre-adolescent years up through adolescence, graduating from high school and on to college or to the workplace, wherever they're going to go. Uh, I started off talking about the 20th century versus the 21st century. Now, in the 20th century, it was a hands-on uh, century. We learned how to do things with our hands. We learned how to do carpentry, vocational, as you were alluding to earlier, mm-hmm. uh, electrical, whatever. The school district provided that. 21st century became the century of convenience. Actually, through the end of the 20th, uh, 20th century up through the 20th, the 90s, in the 2000s, 
people started downsizing. That was the word, downsizing. And, mm-hmm. and we moved into the electronic age, and we moved into budget cuts and everything else. And the things that got cut were the things that were plentiful at one time. And those were, quote-unquote, social programs. That's what they labeled them. Mm-hmm. That was so you can cut them. But, but they weren't social programs. They were survival programs. They were programs that helped us move from one level to the other. So yeah. uh, you don't have as plentiful those kinds of resources. Uh, we have people here who are providing after-school programs. We have a, a new boys and girls club here. But the thinking that goes into it, for instance, brand new boys and girls, well, relatively new, but no swimming pool in it. Wow. So. This, this is the absence of some relevant things. We always had swimmers here in the city, mm-hmm. but right. we could swim. But n- now we can't swim, so we have to go somewhere else to swim. Uh, the the kinds of things that uh, we really need in the community, we have to manufacture them because we can't look for the government to provide them because they, you ain't in our budget. That's if right. you're not in our budget, then you, you, you know, it's got to come from within. Um I'm going to tell you something, and I'll go through it real quickly. Okay. But we're going to come up on the violence issue. But just remember this. This is what we have now is a cycle of social failure. And every 20, 25 years, it raises its ugly head again. And the cycle of social failure starts when you have conditioned superior attitudes and conditioned inferior attitudes. Most predominantly, it comes from when you have a majority that conditions a minority. Hmm. And so in our case, we've had white versus black. That's the history of our country. I'm not saying anything that <laughs> that's not true. Well, it's but true. It's true. In, 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 in the slavery times, we had conditioned inferior attitudes, uh, superior attitudes on the, on the part of, of whites, conditioned inferior attitudes on the part of blacks, led to police of frustration. If you don't help satisfy that, the next stage is aggression. If you don't deal with that, the next stage is explosion. And then what you have to do, you have to put that fire out by repressing those people who are acting up. That's what happens in Ferguson. That's what happens around and what what uh, around the country. And what keeps producing that is when you take people who could really be productive and really provide human capital, and you don't give them the kind of things that they need in order for them to self-produce. And that's what happens with us. We got people who are, could be very, very good at a number of things, as mm-hmm. you two are. But when when the resources are not there, you're going to get people who get through. You got through, I got through. We, we learned to negotiate the gauntlet. Yeah. But yeah. later on, you know, but that's for group of people, it's hard to get people to, to be able to produce without those kinds of resources that we need to help them on an everyday basis. Wow. So you basically... it was a lot, but... So, I mean, your, your deduction, so to speak, is is that the reason why we're experiencing this violence is that there's just not, not much else to do. There's not much else to do, and the response to the violence is violence. Right. And, right. you know, we, we've got to understand what... what the uh, root of the violence is what's causing the violence, lack of resources, lack of jobs. Uh, and, and I know it sounds cliche, and some people say, well, you know, you, you got a job. Why did you not uh, land in jail? I didn't tell you all my story. 
you don't know you, you don't know what you're really dealing with but no as i said before we we all had to negotiate that gauntlet and and by the grace of god some of us get through because we we stick to it and and also and just to be real other people reach back and pull us and we had people that, you know, people, like I said, mentor us. I had people mentor me as a grown man. I didn't start college until I was 23. So I was a grown man with a lot of experience and working from the work world and in the street mm-hmm. before I went to college. And it was tough. But um, again, yeah, lacking the resources, lacking of the, the concern. I think what we have to do now is we just can't we just got to know we can't rely on one person one political party one group to look out for our welfare we're gonna have to take steps to make sure we self-produce that's an excellent point you know the thing i would i would ask though is is with the limited resources and and this is what to me seems somewhat uh, uh counterintuitive if you will mr mayor is that with limited resources the things that we are using to destroy each other requires uh, resources to purchase. How do we explain and how do we account for that? Well, it, 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 as a mayor, then I can share some experience. One of the things that we found out after we did, uh, let me just say the four, four years I was mayor, uh, we had average 22, 23. Uh, in one year, we had 30 homicides. Okay. And, and unfortunately, we measure our community on the homicides. Now, we did some real good stuff in terms of policing in those four years, making adjustments. We took, in the four years I was mayor, we took over 700 guns off the street. Okay, okay, great. And we, and we didn't we didn't do a gun buyback program. You know, you turn the gun in and they give you a ShopRite card, $100, mm-hmm. and you go yeah. buy some groceries. Well, I didn't want, I didn't want to give them a shot right card. I wanted to give him a go to jail card. See, I'm not going to give. I'm not going to give somebody a hundred dollars for turning a weapon in that probably was used in a homicide, and that that could be used as evidence because it's a it's a gun amnesty program. It's not you can't do anything with those guns. It's, it's you know right. no questions asked, right, and right. they go take them and smelt them. But uh, the uh, the gun cycle. It, it's easier to get a gun than is education in most cases. Mm-hmm. And, and we looked at uh, the cycle of a gun. We're going to do a study this year on uh, with the uh, with the current mayor. Mm-hmm. We're doing a study on each gun, every gun. We want to know exactly where it came from because there's a belief that gun trafficking uh, is is high in this area and so forth. But we saw that in many cases, when you track these guns and you track the um, the, the spent uh, uh, shells and stuff that you find at the crime scene, you find some guns. We've had guns here used in 35 different shootings. Wow. wow. That means the gun comes in and stays in the community longer than the dollar does. Mm. The dollar recycles maybe once in the black community, in the poor community. And, uh, and, and I'll just say this, too, as I'm speaking. Uh, we, we've talking about Chester. But I had a friend, Dr. George Loganell, mm-hmm. and we went all mm-hmm. around the country and talking to people and talking to groups. And we say only the geography changes, <laughs> the conditions 
You know, if if I go to East St. Louis, I'm in Chester. <laughs> you know, if I, I, I go right, to Atlanta, right. you know, you got some, so only the geography changes, but the conditions you, you you're going to see similar conditions even with more resources. We become predators on ourselves, yep. and that's that cycle of social failure because the frustration and aggression when I can't take it out on the individual that's really causing it, then I turn it inward on myself, my brother, my sister, my family, my community. And then we have to really get get a hold of that and get, get some consciousness going again uh, about that. Well, well, Mayor Linda, thank you so much for that. Uh, we uh, Great information that you're passing along. And I really want to continue talking about this cycle of social failure the fact that it's the geography that's different and not the, the results or the behavior, if you will. Uh, but we're up on another break. Uh, Dr. Robert Benson with Eddie G talking to former Mayor John Linder. And we're, we really are uh, uh, um, getting as much information as we can from the former mayor on how we can address some of these, these problems that we have here uh, with this violence, black-on-black crime, etc. Look at that radio show, Life and Spirit Online. Uh, we'll be right back. The U.S. dollar will collapse. Learn why you should buy physical silver and gold. Order Dr. G's P3. Plan, prepare, protect. Visit www.yglib.com or call 800-705-6840. Hey, and we're back, Dr. Robert Benson. Uh, the, the players in this show really need no more introduction, but I'm going to say anyway, with, with former Mayor John Linder, Eddie G, uh, NASCAR Network, uh, Life and Spirit Online, like, look, look at that radio show. Where we left off, uh, Mayor Linder talked about a, 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 a very, very interesting, interesting topic that uh, is kind of cyclic, if you will, and it's the cycle of human failure, which we seem to be engrossed in, not just in Chester, but it seems to be inner city America uh, in general, uh, in to me, specific to the African-American population, if you will. That's just my assessment. But I'm sure I'm going to get corrected on this. But uh, are we going to go look? Well, you know, I, I agree with that, mm-hmm. okay. Dr. Benson. Okay. And, you know, something that uh, Mayor Linder hit on mm-hmm. really resonated with me because when you look at uh, Ferguson and, and other towns, when you see that on the news, it's easy to relate to it because it's no mm-hmm. different from where I come from. Right, you right. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And he, he's certainly right when he talks about the cycle and how it continues. And he's also right about the geography changing, but the system is the same. And mm-hmm. it's something that has to be dealt with on a larger scale. But I hear you asking about uh, resources but sometimes, and I think this is what the mayor was alluding to as well, resources are going to come and go, you know, politically and, and in other ways. But what doesn't change is your your self-involvement. So if you see an mm-hmm. issue, you have to do something because there's, there's so many more ways to take care of these issues that we haven't even thought of yet. Right. Mm -hmm. There's new creative ways to do to solve different problems. We just have to get out there and do it. And Mm -hmm. as you said, we can't sit around and wait for the the resource that specifically applied to this issue while we have all these other issues going on at the same time. Mm. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that we have to we have to be a group, but we also have to be individuals with that perspective to make something happen, to make a change. Wow. wow. Okay. Hey. Well. Uh, what I was going to touch on though, and what what we talked about before is is that. You know, there's always a transition between administrations and political uh, political realm, if you will. Uh, Mayor Linder, from the uh, backseat driver perspective, no no pun or disrespect meant by that term. What is your perspective, and what would you offer the current administration of Chester, Pennsylvania, based on what you've experienced there, and, and what is your assessment thus far of how things are being handled there right now in this regard? Well, it, you know, it's, it's funny that um, sometimes we're very tentative to give our opinion about things. And yeah. Because yeah. we're going to sound critical no matter what. But I, but I also uh, know from being mayor, I took mine. I took my lump. So yeah. I mean, I'm not. This is. I'm not uh, afraid to to say what I think or the direction I should go with because I'm not only looking at it now as a former mayor, but I'm still a citizen of Chester and a resident. So all the things that this mayor is doing, he's my mayor. I, I respect that. I respect all of that. But uh, the fact of the matter is there's still an elephant in the room. I don't care who's in the office. And what we have to do is look at ways in which we can make the, the thing, the remedy better versus politically looking at it saying, well, you know, he he's he's worse than you or he's better than you. If we do that, we're going to keep on staying in this cycle. So I have availed myself to be able to dialogue with the mayor, former presidents, whether they're the same party or not, dialogue and mentor with each other. So former mayors should do the same thing. Right. And again, because sometimes because we're black, we we feel like there should be this constant rift between the the outgoing and the incoming or the Republicans versus the Democrat. If you were drowning, I'm gonna ask you this question, you and Eddie G. If okay. you were drowning and a a black hand reached out for you and a white hand reached out for you and one had a R on it and one had a D on it representing <laughs> their political parties, which one would you grab first? <laughs> That's a tough question because I try to grab I, both I of them. Grab, I would grab the closest one. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and hold hold tight and, onto it when you grab it, right? Exactly. That's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> and you're so, talking about putting so up my, Instead of us putting you on the spot, you just put us on the spot with that one. <laughs> well, well, but but here's here's what we all have to deal with, and mm-hmm. this is what when I say what I'm saying, the homicides continue. Uh, now that I'm out of office, the previous mayor, when he wasn't in office, said some things about what he's going to do. Cut homicide fifty percent. These are that's quarterback and that's armchair quarterback. Right. But right. once you get in there, there's a number of parts and. Here's the other thing, and I'll say this. The, the, the mayor himself is not going around shooting people. True. So True. can't put the homicides on him. What we, but, but what he will be measured by is his effort to try to prevent them. So if you're not visible and you're not in the community when homicides, I'll say this too. During the four years I was in there, I went to almost every shooting 
that I could go to, everyone that I was here in the city and available to go to, I went to when people were in the hospital, shooting victims. Mm -hmm. When I got to the hospital, I didn't ask who was the bad guy or who was the good guy or was the dead guy the bad guy or the live guy the good guy. I said, who is this guy? Do we have his family here? Uh, he, because he was a victim to me at that point, and he was a member of, of my city. He was a resident of my city. So that's when I went. So I tried to stay on course. Uh, the first year, uh, Dave was very critical of this mayor and saying he was not around. And one of the things I said to him, I said, well, you got to be visible because you can't, you can't stop. You can't predict when somebody's going to get shot, right. but you can be accountable after it happens to try to get find out what goes on and, and, and really if no more than to console the family. So my 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 thing now is that what do we need to do? We need to continue to be vigilant, community policing. We need to really get that back. We've got to do some serious training with our police officers because now we've got new officers coming into a situation where basically their mentality is that I'm going into combat. And I want to come back home. Right. So you have people who may be trigger happy. You have people who may be just scared. And they figure they got to get the first jump. And the guy goes into his pocket but doesn't stop when they tell him to stop. And then you have a, a police a shooting, which, which we seem to get more enraged about yeah. than we do when... When my brother Rahim or Pookie or whoever shoots this guy, yeah. we get more enraged about the police officer shooting someone and killing them than we do with our own people. That's what has to stop. That's that mentality right. that's killing us. Yeah, it's it's amazing you mentioned that. You know, but you mentioned something earlier about uh, hiring more police officers, and that that kind of strangely transitions me into another thought. What do you think about Chester's status as a city uh, in the realm of municip being a municipality? Do you think that Chester should become its own county seat, if you will, or should it have a little bit more power to make laws and enforce laws within it, or should it stay under the umbrella that it's under? Now, I may be mistaken by this because I know a lot of what we did, we had to go through the media area. What, what is, and I'm talking about the city of media, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, the, the first of all, the, the, the Chester is the only city in Delaware County. The rest of them are townships and boroughs. Okay. And we're the only city between Philadelphia and Wilmington. And we're a city because of our population. So now we have about 35,000 people. We, we're down uh, past the population than we were in like the 1960s. And uh, we're about 70,000 people then. But businesses moved out, so we went down. We can still control our city better. Um, the the media county seat uh, in Delaware County is the place where you go, obviously, for court. That's the center of law in right, the county. Right, right. But, but we can do some things here uh, to police our city better, prepare our police officers better. Because, again, remember something I said, you have a transitional community now. Mm -hmm. When you and I were younger, well, me, you and I was younger than your dad, we had we had 
police officers that live next door to us, doctors that live in the same block. We had uh, these different professional people. Most teachers that were teaching in the school district lived in this community. And, and, and so you always had someone who knew you who was in a authoritative position or someone who provided services to the community living right there in the community and you could always talk with them you could always get direction your parents could always get direction but here you you, you now you have fragmented uh, communities you have uh, places where people don't want to go and don't want to live. Even the police officers don't want to go there. Some of them don't. Mm, that's true. But what I told police officers is that you get paid because these people live here. And your children go to a different school because the tax dollars that come from these people, <laughs> you know, go to you. And so remember that when you're going out there, you treat them like a customer. Yes. Not just like you know somebody you, you don't want to deal with. So. I see. Okay. Well, uh we're up on another break, uh, former Mayor Linder and Eddie G on the Book of Dad radio show, Dr. Robert Benson. When we come back, we're going to kind of wind the discussion down and talk a little bit more about how we can pull the coats to our young folks. What can what I want us to think about for this last session is what can we do to reach that Pookie and that, that uh, Raheem that's got his hands on that gun and pulling the trigger? It's Book of Dad radio show. I'm Dr. Robert Benson. We'll be right back. Are you struggling with debt collectors? Scared to answer the phone? Order Dr. G's Man Survival Kit and learn how to stop creditors. Visit www.yglib.com or call 800-705-6840. Hey, Dr. Robert Benson. We're right back. Book of that radio show with uh, former Mayor John Linder and Eddie G., uh, Life and Spirit Online, the Book of Dead Radio Show, uh, all of that. You guys know who we are, what we're doing. But the conversation here is 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 a, is, a, is at a point where we want clarity on Chester's existence and what, in fact, is Chester's position and what is its uh, uh, what is what is Chester really uh, politically and policy wise capable of doing as far as governing itself. Mayor John Linder is going to offer some clarification on a few is- issues with us. We were talking about. Tax tax revenues, uh, school systems, and those types of things. But before we hit on those, I want to know what the mayor thinks we can do to pull the code of the young Raheem, the young uh, um, uh, Jamari, whatever his name may be, that kid with that gun in his hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, a lot of our community. We used to have a Christian, primarily Christian community. Now we've got sixty. Reason I use that name. We got sixty, seventy percent of our community. Um, or Muslim, yes. or someone have Muslim family. So we have to, again, uh, we have to change our thinking and understand what's the context that we're trying to reach them. Uh, a man named Dr. Andrew Griffin, he may even be listening to this show. He was my mentor when I was at Widener. Black man who had gone to Harvard, uh, had was doing some research, taught me some things. So what I'm saying is we have to take people who are who look like they're from the community, who are indigenous from the community, they have to go back in and reach. Remember I said we reach, we got to reach one, each one, reach one and teach one. So because Dr. Griffin came into my life and I've taught at college for 35 years, I probably have taught about 15,000 students over the course of my time. 
And I would say most of those students graduated from college after taking my classes. And many, many of them, I still see them at different places they talk to me. So I'm not putting myself up. I'm putting the model up. The model up, each one, reach one, and teach one. And then you you don't know how many. It's an exponential factor. So the, the, the Raheems, so, so we got to get people. In fact, I use Raheem's name. Yeah. I work, <laughs> right, he was right. my community <laughs> liaison for me so his name was most available but uh he he was he's a re-entry person former that had been to jail and so forth but we worked together and i worked with him to get to the streets i wanted to communicate with the people on the street because i didn't want them to see my office as an impediment to get to me right. so uh, we we have to embrace them they do have human capital and we have to present them with ways skills and knowledge of how to come out of those streets and make that transition. And there are some things that we can do, just starting with some of the programs you talked about. And I'm pushing my, I, I know I'm going to the end of what I was supposed to do, but I'm going to be working on uh, a community development corporation here to do exactly what I'm telling you. Okay. And so we're, we're working um, to get that into motion now. Hey, Mr. Well, hey, hey, my hand is up for assistance. I mean, I, I, something I obviously Chester's near and dear to my heart, but you know, your uh, each one reach one kind of smacks of a, the slogan of an organization I was a part of some years ago was "Every man get a man, recruit, reclaim, retain." It's the same concept. Pull somebody's coat, get them to understanding what it is that we need to do. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay. So, and, um, now you, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. I, I was I was just going to say that. So. Just offer us, uh, continue to pull our coat, Mr. Mayor. Continue to let us know the differences and some of the limitations that uh, policy-wise and law-wise that Chester is up against and why it's so unique in not only where it sits geographically but politically as well. Yeah, we we are in an ideal location. Chester is a riverside community. We're about 15 miles from Center City, Philadelphia, 15 mm-hmm. miles from Wilmington. Right. Very unique. We're in a riverfront industrial community that now is being rebuilt and it's, it's, it's coming back now because of the oil and the liquid natural gas. All pipelines are leading to southeast of Pennsylvania mm-hmm. and uh, coming all the way from North Dakota. So, but but our consciousness is on trying to get downtown ready. Downtown ain't going to be ready. We need to build uh, pipeline technology programs that get people ready to go take sustainable wage jobs. And I'm passing this stuff on to the mayor. I told him about this. Mm-hmm. And we need to, we need, and then we build businesses around those kinds of things because we don't have much in terms of our real estate and, 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 and tax base. You got blighted community. Right. You, you have a hard time selling stuff, so you have to give it away for taxes or relieve the businesses of taxes for the first five years. And then after they come and they're here five years and they make the profit, then they want to either uh, apply for a reassessment or they want to leave. So leave. we have to stop that. Again, cycle of social failure, cycle of business failure, cycle of economic failure. We got to stop those cycles and say, hey, what do we do? So oil and pipeline technology, Marcellus Shell, those kinds of things, we've got to build new revenue streams. We have a, uh, as you mentioned before, we have a um, casino and we have a soccer stadium. Yes, and, yes. And, 
and, and we have a prison. Well, I'm just looking at the casino and the soccer stadium. We get monies from the casino, but the soccer stadium money is marginal. So we can't have a stadium here that brings 18,500 people in per game about 20 times a year. We can't have an entity in the city that does not really, really share uh, in their burden of taxes. Absolutely. And, and that's what happened. A deal was crafted with that. Uh, well, you know what, Mayor? Thing, yeah. Uh, not to cut you off, just like uh, when I was growing up, we had fun ship building ships yeah. down there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and a little bit before my time, they were building cars. You know, yes. Chester was the hub of this this southeastern Pennsylvania. I used to That's work right. <clears throat> up northeast Pennsylvania, northeast Philly. You look at the highway mm-hmm. signs on 95, and they changed a lot of them because they used to say Chester, yep. right? Yeah, that's, that's right. right. That's right. That's you right. got on a highway hundreds of miles away, say Chester, because Chester was a hub. Now you don't see that's that right. anymore. And 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 to go along with what you said, those industries were what provided the community. So the community grew because the industry was here. So I see what you're saying about building these uh, industries using the waterfront because that's that's valuable area. If we can build that up properly, and as you said, it will build the community as well. Sure, because because the ship was right on the riverfront. So we had exports from the Ford plant there that was here. We exported stuff out. We and and we have to make use of that and and, and regenerate the use of that for whatever the twenty first century uh, commodities are, and and we can do that. Yeah. Yeah. So what 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 kind of action do you recommend to make that happen? Well, there were some things that I put into motion. There are some people here who are talking about putting a LNG plant down there where the Ford Company used to be. They want to use that. And they're in talks with the city and with the county and the state to do that. Um, also, we have uh, we have some parking opportunities that we can take care of, take advantage of down there near the stadium. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's going to take some hard dealing, uh, and you can't relent because the stadium obviously wants to, you know, do, they want to make money. They're in it to make money. But uh, we have 18,500 people that are entertaining our city, and most of the 35,000 people here have never been down to that soccer stadium and don't enjoy those games. There should be something that goes back to them, especially the homeowners, in terms of some relief on their property taxes. Absolutely. Now, the last thing I want to say about that is that the the the, um, the school district and the city municipal government are two separate entities in this city. Okay. The school district collects its own taxes and raises the real estate taxes, and they're at the highest peak that they can be right now in the county. In fact, you can live in Radnor, which is the highest income district in uh, Delaware County, right. and with, with and, and pay less taxes than you pay in Chester. Right. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, that's sad. That's amazing. Yeah. So, well, you know, I, I like your idea about the parking because parking is usually in most places uh, the biggest industry there is and biggest revenue generator is parking besides, as Eddie G indicated, the uh, uh, revenue from uh, property taxes. But, uh, Mr. Mayor. Well, you know, parking yeah. is no overhead, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's right. There's no overhead associated with parking. You got your initial cost and that's it, you know. 
but but uh, it, but uh, but the technology is changing now to where there there you know there's some cost depending on what you if, like say for instance you put together a parking deck they have ways to monitor license to plates and those kinds of things right now obviously with lighting and such but but it is minimal uh, a minimal overhead associated with parking but uh, let's give this let's take... I have another quick question okay okay I, go ahead, go ahead. I, I want to let this roll a little bit longer okay uh I see they're build. Is that a STEM school they're building over on Highland Avenue? That well, it's not a STEM school. No, what that is is that a a, a uh, it's going to be a school of the arts. That's what it's going to be called. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the Chester has a a choir called Chester Children's Choir. Of uh, guy named John Austin started that, and he's been at it for years. Mm-hmm. But he. He's developed it into a a cultural experience for these kids, and I mean they sing in foreign languages now, and everybody wants them to come and sing for them. So he's translated and transferred that whole idea into a charter school, and that is uh, he's he's building it so that it's a, a K. He has a good charter now that's K to eight, and now they're going to go K to twelve. They're going to add a year. Uh, each year, so that's what that school is. But it's state of the art. It's going to be state of the art, and that is massive. That's bigger than Chester High. Yeah, it is. Yeah, well, it's it's more practical than Chester High too. Chester High looks like a prison, really. It does. And, uh, but you know, but, it doesn't let outside in. But you know, the other thing about that area too, though, man, is we talked about blighted properties. Some of those properties in that area yeah. and back of the hospital. Are some of the worst places yeah. I've, I, that exist in in the on the East Coast, let alone in the city. It's really bad over there in some spots. What's the plan here's, as far as that's concerned? Here's my, here's my image of housing in the city at this point. And some people, uh, again, my people politically didn't take they didn't like it when I said this, and just the business people didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I think we are missing some things, and again, we've got to adjust our attitude as we adjust the city. We've got a captive audience here. Of four thousand plus students every year, yeah. they come here. They have come from uh, uh, various economic backgrounds that can afford to spend a lot of money, and we don't build to that now. We have to build to the customer. So our downtown, we have we widen the university is what I'm talking about. Right, it, it's here. We should we should build things that that group will spend money on, and take those tax dollars. And fortify areas like the Holland Gardens area. Mm-hmm. Holland Gardens was supposed to come down, all of it. And they got halfway through it, uh, put some new houses back there. And they, again, government cut back on money. HUD didn't have more money for them to relocate all those people and buy new homes and whatever. And so you still have part of Holland Garden, Gardens on Holland Gardens on both sides of the highway that are blighted and reflect badly on Chester. They do. That all needs to come down, and they need to put up brand-new townhousing. They could have a transitional commuting population community up there. People will jump on that highway on and off and go where they're going, Philadelphia, Wilmington-bound, that way, out to the uh, the county and other areas, and come back mm-hmm. in the evening right there. And, and, and it would complement that high school. Well, it would. And, and well... Mr. Mayor, yeah, this is something where obviously we can talk to you forever. Uh, but how about a few closing thoughts on the violence thing and, and uh, how people can get in touch with you? And what are your uh, future plans politi- politi- politically? <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. 
politically. Yeah, on the violence thing, um, what we have now that we didn't have before at this level is we have people building a culture around guns. They're mm-hmm. doing problem solving with guns. Uh, you have more women getting shot in, in uh, abuse uh, in abuse situations than you've ever had getting shot. Um, you have kids getting shot. You have the random uh, attacks, the shootings. We don't have the random shootings where you got these 20s and 30 people get shot, although we did have one one time where 10, 11 of our kids got shot uh, mm-hmm. in a shootout down in Minaret Temple. Mm-hmm. But, um, but for the most part, you got people committing uh, violent uh, criminal acts with a gun. And uh, the other is territorial stuff that goes on where you have drug dealers and drug money and other people find out that those guys got it, so they go with a gun, try to take it back. Um, we've got to do something to make guns a priority. And one of the things I'm working on is called Delco United for sensible gun legislation and making it more important at the federal level. And we're really fighting within RA and some of the other people about their uh, position on the Second Right Amendment. Second, the Second Amendment rights doesn't give you the right to forego my life or anybody else's life just because you want a gun. Yes, we're sir. not we're not trying to take guns from anybody. We're trying to say make the legislation make sense so everybody can live because bullet has no name on it. And no, it does not. A lot of people getting killed. Yeah. My aspirations at this point are to build an organization that, and particularly, like I said, uh, my own uh, business where I will be working and networking with people to do some of the same things I was doing as mayor, bring resources in, my backgrounds in education and teaching, mm-hmm. as well as psychology and sociology. And I'm going to be doing a lot of teaching and working with the teams and so forth, <laughs> mentoring the same thing that I was doing before, as well as focus on uh, job and workforce development for the 21st century. Okay, so no, no, no rerun for mayor or any city council seats or anything like that. Well, I'm like this: if um, if it's being successful, <laughs> we run. Um, I'm fine with that, but okay. I'm available if 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 I have to go back into action. But right now, I, some of the things that I want to do, I can do without being mayor. Yeah, and about that. that you know, well, and my hands won't be as tied. There you go. Uh, Mayor, Mayor, former Mayor John Linder, thank you so much. Educator, uh, obviously an articulate and passionate man about uh, safeguarding our young folks and in, 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 the, in the community of Chester, Pennsylvania in general. Thank you. Thank you yeah, so much for joining us. On. Oh, absolutely. We, thank you. Yeah. Thank you both. I'm, I'm so proud to I'm proud of you guys. I'm listening to you, man. I'm getting a little jealous here. <laughs> brother, man, go on, I'm, I'm loving it, though. I'm, I'm proud to know know you guys, and uh, and more proud that you're from from Chester and you're doing something to help change the world. And that's what we got to prepare people to do. Absolutely, and we'll we'll have you back for sure. Uh, this Anytime. is a, <laughs> absolutely. Hey, well, Eddie G, thanks, man. Again, uh, yes, sir. Hey, well, this is Dr. Robert Benson. I don't know anything else to say except for, you know, my heart, my thoughts and prayers goes out to anyone who's had to deal with this uh, escalating violence. And we're trying to figure out a way to, to, to cure it. But Book of That Radio Show, Dr. Robert Benson. And thank you, John Linder. Uh, Life and Spirit Online, uh, NASGA Network. And we'll talk to you next time. You can find out more about Robert Benson by visiting his website, 
thebookofdad.net, where you can purchase your own copies of Robert's books, The Book of Dad, Quotes for a Lifetime of Wisdom, and The Book of Dad 2. More quotes and anecdotes for a lifetime of wisdom. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.